All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. We got a big time episode for sports. Not really, but we're going to talk about social justice. Sports are right around the corner. We're going to talk a little bit about the Premier League, and we're going to talk about Delvin Cook's holdout and what's going to happen with him and the Vikings. Here we go. Nordy's sportscast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? I'm having a good time, man. I'm good. I won't do the hua. Hold on, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. Uh, what a what a great first episode we had. Fantastic. It was super long. We kind of we kind of uh, talked about everything, but it was so worth the listen. So uh, go check that out. I know you guys are gonna love it. Wow, Nordeast uh, rates is the hottest game in uh, the whole podcast world right now. Um, so go check that out. And uh, yeah, we told you everything you need to know about the world of TV, movies, and even music and video games this week. It wow. went a little like out of our normal normal boundaries, but it was fun. We were yeah. all over the place. So yeah, good times there. Um, before we dive into this sports cast, we need you guys, the listeners, to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe on Podbean, Podcast App, Spotify, you name it, all the podcast apps, and give the Nordeast Podcast five stars as we move closer and closer to our super exciting 400th episode. That we'll miss. <laughs> yes. We will forget. Um, do you guys have any episodes off the top of your head that you uh, have been thinking about? That we had? Um, that we had? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. just a highlight? Yeah, Craig Kilborn. That was cool. Hell yeah. Andy Greenwald? Yeah, that I was think, big. I think, yeah. you know, more recently, Nerdy was, like, weirdly, I don't want to say prophetic, but... Yeah, I know. Very important. Well, how, how important he's become to the movement now. I mean, it's just like the fact that we were able to get him on the podcast and interact with him. And in person, before the COVID, before this whole fucking uprising. And, and realistically, we probably shouldn't have even had him at that in time. person it was, at that time. We were pushing we were, it. We were, we that was borderline. the last live pod we even did together for months. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So um, I think that's like more recently, I thought Craig Kilborn was okay. Huge guest, but just an okay interview, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Andy Greenwald for sure is one of my favorites, but he also like didn't watch a lot of the stuff that we asked him about. Yeah. Uh, but I think nerdy was probably one of the most important, um, okay. Podcasts we had. Jim, yeah. what's the guy's name? The, I, I feel like it's changed a lot. It was dude nuts. Eventually. Dude nuts. Dude nuts. Well, it was yeah. there. And now at one it's point. the donut trap. Yeah. So it, it was like a lot of things. What was that guy's name? Um, his actual name. Yeah. I've, I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> well, that guy. He's a great guy. I see him in the. He's always out. He's always out in bed breweries and shit. Every time I see him, we always chat. I good, can't remember his good name. Good dude. Right now. And he's been doing stuff at the farmer's market recently where um, proceeds from the donuts have been going to all these good causes in the area. So Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah so. Remember, he was uh, very hungover at 8 p.m. Yes, which I'm not going to hold that against him. I've been there myself (laughs) on the podcast trying to hang with y'all. All All right, guys. So uh, we're going to move into some sports. But before we do, we're going to dive into uh, a special beer from the area. So 56 have been some good friends of the pod. They're uh, real close to us. And uh, they did a beer called Big Five, which was their anniversary double dry hop Imperial IPA. It's a limited release. It was kind of expensive. It's a big old beer. It's, it's a them big beer celebrating wow. five years um, uh, in their location, and it's got all different kinds of hops: Galaxy, Sultana, El Dorado, and Mosaic. So we gotta we gotta shout them out. Like they gave us beer 
many, many years yeah. ago. Yep. And that was when they were in that starter brewery. I, I don't know who's there now. It was, um, it was Northgate originally. Northgate. Uh, it's Falling mo- Knife, but it's not really. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No, Clockworks like took hold it on, over hold and on, made hold it. Hold on. Okay. So just stick with me here. Please. It was Northgate. And then Northgate bought the, the new place, which is now Falling Knife. Yes. And then when Northgate moved out, 56 moved in there. Okay. And then when 56 moved out, then it was Broken Clock. Okay. And so that was that that's that mini like starter brewery that's like literally one room. Anyway, I went there to pick up beer. I told them when we were with the Nordies podcast. They're like, You pay for one growler, we're gonna give you another one, talk about us on the pod. And then they've been good friends of the pod since. Like they, they really they, have. They yeah. hit you so, up whenever so Nick, there's uh Rich Darklighter on Instagram. Rick Darklighter, yeah. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Um hooks it up. Good to talk beer with. Nice yeah. guy to chat with. So yeah, and, and they consistently like are make surprisingly good beer. Like it's not a brewery that's like super well known, but like anytime I've gone there and I've gotten like a couple beers and I try some new stuff, it's always good. It's and always every drinkable. every right? space new release too. is a little bit better than their last, and that's a okay. That's great. That's encouraged. Like you know, sometimes you think oh, you can't change your recipes. Oh, you can change your fucking recipes. You can improve every single day. Yeah. And they have. And they're getting to the point where they're putting out really consistently great stuff. And like Eric said, really good space. Like really Really good, good space. Good beer. It's cool one people. of the closest breweries to me personally. Very, very yeah, close. Too. It's less than a mile. So yeah. yes. Yeah, so check space. this out. This is Big Five. It's their uh five year anniversary double dry hop Imperial IPA. It's freaking tasty. I really like this it's one. Huge. It's, it's a a huge. It's a huge beer. Thick. They really went for it on this one and I think it hits. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, me too. All right, guys. Uh let's head to the Premier League. We're coming back with the Premier League this week. It's gonna be super exciting. Um we start with uh, uh Arsenal at Man City. Couple small clubs from from England. Big time teams. It's um, happening. This is uh the the real cool storyline is going to be Mikel Arteta who's been the um former captain captain of Arsenal but then the longtime uh number 2, the assistant head coach pretty much to uh to uh, uh Man City Pep, Pep Guardiola at Man City. He leaves mid-year to take the Arsenal job and uh he's going back to take on uh the guy he coached under for years. So, um I think that's a kind of a fun storyline. Little motivation. Yeah, it's going to be a cool storyline to see that. Um, the writers of the Premier League figured that one out for uh, the comeback. Well, you had you had two games that had to happen um, because the teams had a game in hand. Oh, and so they yeah, put yeah. them on top. So I think it's Aston Villa versus Sheffield United and uh, Arsenal versus Man City are the two games that you get. They made sure that they did those first and didn't complicate it later, and it's a good way for them to start it out. So uh, good good matchup between two big teams. Should be a lot of fun. And then uh, next weekend, uh, you get everyone back in action, 10 games next weekend. So it's really fun to have the Premier League back. Arsenal's Wednesday? Yep, Wednesday afternoon, 2.15 Central Time. And what's your score prediction? <sighs> it's going to be weird. I kind of think it's with all the be, time off. I kind of think it's going to be like one to one, kind of a slow, sloggy game. Kind of ugly. I I just think that City's the better team. They're at home, but without the fans in their big stadium, it's just not really well, quite the advantage. It probably looks very similar to their normal match day. The empty had like. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think that um, both teams are going to be fired up. Um, I think that the first round of games might not be the best judge of who's the best teams. Um, it might be who's in good shape and who came up fi- came out fired up more so than it is a test of really and truly who are the best. Teams. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to say three two Arsenal. 
Yeah, Ooh. I could see a lot of things happening. I, I'm not going to get upset either way, unless they get beat like well, 6 What's your prediction then? I said 1-1. You said 1-1. I think it's going to be kind of a boring I think 3-2 Arsenal, they're going to come out firing. Like They're going to be motivated. They're they're anxious to prove themselves. Um, Arteta really, really wants to win this match, so I think he's going to be putting... Nose pep. He's gonna he's, <laughs> well. He's gonna be putting everything he can into scoring goals, and I think it's gonna be a fun match. Like just like like taking about or excuse me, taking out all of my bias and and hatred to, towards uh, both of those teams. I think it's gonna be a fun match to have back, and yeah. so I think it's gonna be a little bit more high flying than Eric is saying. And maybe maybe one one is a result where like there's just not enough polish with the rust, you know what I mean? Like, like being able to finishing is, is not quite there exactly. So I would say, uh, I'm going to say three, two Arsenal. So, uh, the big thing is, uh, Liverpool, obviously trying to close this thing out. I think they can close it out within two games, one at the least, um, to win their first title in the Premier League. How many points do they need? Three? Something like that. I think it's four. What is it? Everton first. Yeah. I mean, they, they, Everton and then they're, they're at 99.9% chance. What if, what happens if Liverpool is super rusty or somebody gets injured in this first match and they lose five in a row and city wins five in a row? They're still like 99%. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're like, I mean, they're like almost leading by 20 points. Or it's, it's maybe done. more. So yeah, I mean, it should be. Yeah, it but should five be losses but like, to five wins is fifteen. God, I know. Thank God that we get this chance to to finish the season, play the whole season. It's not some kind of like there shouldn't be an asterisk next to the season. It's just it's gonna happen. Oh, there's an asterisk. No, I don't think there should be, but no there will. people will say there is. But I they don't shouldn't. care. No, they, I'm saying there. They, is. they won. They won this league. <laughs> yeah. crazy? No, I'm winking it. I'm winking at Jimbo because they literally they were I mean, unbelievably they were, dominant. I mean, dude. it was. It was. They won ridiculous. the league in 28 instead of 38 games, pretty much. I mean, it was insane what yeah. they did. So to me, it isn't at all. Um, but yeah, the other thing that's cool about it is the players. So they sent like a representative, either a captain or like a leader from the team to meet as a group to kind of talk through some of the things that they were going to do. One of the things that was important to these players was that they did something to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. They wanted to continue with kind of the social unrest and protests that was happening. And the momentum. Yeah, that was happening that. around the globe. Now, these were white players. These were brown players. These were black players. These were all different looking German, players. German, English, yep. like all across the board. They, yep. they Which is amazing. And we love that about the Premier League and all professional soccer really yeah so they came together and they um decided that for the rest of the year um they're gonna have black lives matter instead of a name on the jersey so no player will have their name on the 12 jersey. games they're gonna do it yeah so until yeah. the end of the season they're gonna have black lives matter on the back of their jerseys i think that okay i guess i thought it was 12 games um I thought it was like the first twelve team. matches, but maybe or it's the first like twelve that, matches. The two, there'll be a lot the of two it. I mean, it's not a, it's not a stunt. It's like they're making a statement, prolonged statement. Yeah, but they're trying to do this. It should be really cool. Uh, hopefully, people can buy these jerseys. Um, obviously, it would be for a great cause, and uh, you know, obviously, it's also going to be to support the players that entertain us on the field. You know, uh, leagues of all different types and all different sports have been making money on the the hard work and the the backs of. Um, you know, a large percentage of black men mm-hmm. and black women, and you know, these leagues need to come out in full support of um, things being equal and things being fair and justice being had, and uh, you know, ending systemic racism. So, I think this is a cool first step, and hopefully, it's just one of many. 
Yeah, I fully support it. Yeah, it's awesome. And like it's piggybacking on, you know, Jaden Sancho scoring the goal and and ripping off yeah. his jersey and he's got, you know, George Floyd on there and Marcelo scoring a goal that in La Liga one. and taking a knee and putting a fist in the air yep. and like all of these things need to happen. They need to continue and the league should not continue to squelch it. And so I'm happy that the Premier League is uh, accepting of that. Yeah. So speaking of these things, um, also there's some other news. So we're going to talk about this quite a bit today. The NFL officially to celebrate Juneteenth, um, the end of slavery. Um, I don't know how they're going to celebrate this. Jim, do you know any more about this? Um, no, I don't know. Which, what is it? Juneteenth. So, yes, I just know that they're going to recognize it as an official holiday, which I've actually heard a bunch of like companies are coming out and being like, you know, we're going to give, you know, our employees the chance to use it as a holiday or, or, you know, come to work or whatever they want to do, support it. You know, if people want to celebrate it, you know, vocally at their, their jobs, they can do that. Um, you know, it's the, it's the official end of slavery, right? So you'd think that people in the North, you know, or Minnesota podcast would have heard about Juneteenth, June 19th. Um, we really don't celebrate it here at all. Just comes and goes, right? But like in the South, they have like, you know, especially among uh, black communities, they have like, you know, these kind of elegant parties and they do like these kind of swanky Southern things. Um, and I think it's kind of cool. Like, I, I think that the Juneteenth thing should spread out a little bit. I'd rather celebrate that than Columbus Day. <laughs> well, exactly, right? So, um, you know, a long time we've we've been calling it Indigenous Peoples Day, but... Yeah, I mean, totally. So for the NFL to come out and say we're going to acknowledge it, I think is a step. Um, so then we should we talk about yeah, the other message that the NFL put out? Yeah, please well, go ahead. Yeah. If we're going to segue into that, which yeah. was that Roger Goodell has officially changed his stance, um, either via public pressure or because he actually maybe understands. I don't know. I, don't I would know. say... Um, maybe probably he always did and went against his beliefs or vice versa, but yeah, I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I, I don't think he's a good person. He's just, I think financially invested in supporting the owners and making as much money for them as possible because his right. bonus completely depends on it. So, yeah, yeah. um, however, it's like, regardless of how it gets done, it's the same thing of like, well, why did the buses let black people on? Well, because fucking pressure yeah. led them to do it. And now it's normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, in and amongst a million other things, they've, they've said that they were wrong in kind of a roundabout way and that they now support their players being able to kneel in, um, silent protest against police brutality or whatever it is that they would like to protest. Um, so, Again, a small step forward, but it's kind of a big one because the NFL was very against this when Kaepernick was uh, initially doing this and other players. So whether or not we want to give the NFL a pass on this, I don't. I I, I don't want to. I don't think um, they need a. However, yeah. however, I think they're it's, not a hero here. This no. is not like some kind of oh they need to be celebrated for it. No, Th- they were two years too late. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and so kudos to them for recognizing the timing and understanding that. Mm-hmm. However, you could have been on the forefront of this you could and have. you chose not to. Well, th- I mean, you do look around at all the people, um, whether they're, 
you know, a forward facing company or just people that you know through Facebook or whatever it might be that are now coming out and saying, you know, Black Lives Matter. And I do agree that this is an important thing. And and you really can't chastise them and say, but you didn't agree with it before or else fair. you're not really allowing people to change. That's and I think fair. that's the point. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe the three of us and other people said Black Lives Matter four or five years ago or three years ago. But we can't really chastise people that didn't like let them let them grow and change and support that. So um, RIP to a few people uh, as they no longer are fans of sports. Um, Ben Shapiro. um, uh, Good. National loser and nerd and uh, douchebag is uh, no longer going to be able to watch sports because it was he's always liked sports. He's liked sports ever since he got a subscription to SI magazine as a young boy. And he had SI for years and years and years. And he loves sports, but he can't even watch sports now. Because he can't set aside racism long enough to enjoy it. So see you, Ben Shapiro. Also, Donald Trump is not oh, going to watch oh darn. the NFL anymore. He Donald said Trump, that. great athlete. God. He doesn't want to watch the NFL anymore. <laughs> um, well, he overcame those bone spurs. So he was, uh, yeah. he played football at Wharton. Yeah, so uh, USA Soccer has also announced that they are going to support their players in taking a knee for the national anthem. This was something that did not sit well with the president. He said, dang it, not going to watch anymore. Didn't much anyways and not going to watch anymore. Um, I would bet all of the money in my bank account that Donald Trump... 58 bucks? ...cannot name a single player on USA Soccer. Oh, no. Women's or men's. <laughs> he can't For name sure the men's. president of Mexico. You know what I mean? Like he, has, he has his own problems to worry about. I would say there's no chance. So I don't think he's ever watched a minute of USA Soccer. I don't think we'll miss him. So Ben Shapiro... Uh, and Donald Trump are oh, no, no longer soccer fans. Does that and mean Ben Shapiro is not going to be relevant anymore? Um, ben Shapiro, Please. Ben Shapiro will always be relevant for being the guy who looks most likely to be stuffed in a locker. <laughs> <laughs> so USA Soccer also supporting. Their How much players. would you pay to be able to stuff Ben Shapiro in a locker? Um, all the money. In my I would bank pool. I, Eric, I would give you all of my savings. <laughs> Um, so yeah, U.S. soccer is going to do the same. Now we've had a lot of players come out this week. A lot of them battling against their own fans. Um, one notable one was a fan saying, "Baker Mayfield, you're not going to be a person who kneels for the anthem, right?" And he was like, "Of course I am." He and, says, "Pull your head out," which yeah. I thought was kind of funny. Like it's just at this point, um, it seems to me like the fight is eighty twenty at this point. Mm-hmm. Would you say that sounds fair? I'd say about uh, so yeah, seventy thirty, eighty twenty. Yeah, I think that most people at this point are just like, dude, let's stop being assholes. Like, this is absurd. It's been too much. And if it has to be celebrities and athletes and, you know, people who are influencers in the world who are the ones who make these decisions or the ones who um, put pressure on people, put pressure on their own fans, I think those white allies in sports are going to be incredibly important yeah. the more show, allies the better it doesn't, show it doesn't the fans matter. that hey this fight isn't just one that our you know black men and women have been fighting for far too long well think about something think, that we all need to be fighting yeah. against sorry i didn't mean to interrupt think about the messaging of the nfl and then now you have lots more players coming out in support of that and i think that there was a systemic suppression of the high profile players from the league saying mm-hmm. You better watch yourself because you're, you know, you're our, we employ you. 
Right. In in yes. in lack of a better term. And you've seen what we've done to Kaepernick. Yeah. And we can do the same to you. And so now that the NFL has faced enough pressure to say we were wrong and now we support our players' right to do that. And now all of the players are suddenly opening up to say, I a thousand percent support this. Right. And this isn't just like a, a you know, a, a turn of phrase where I've, I've just now decided that this is important. I think they probably all felt that way. Right. Because they all play with black athletes. Like there's, it's like, uh, what did, um, there, there's some famous uh, writer who said the best way to quell any sort of uh, racism or misunderstanding about different cultures is to travel there. Yeah. And like when you're within the NFL and you play with black players and, and, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but like I played college football and they, toot, it's, toot. It, it's a, <laughs> but it's a, there's a lot of black a wide players, receiver, nonetheless. but there's a lot of black players. And like, so you get to understand all of these different people who are from like St. Louis and Seattle and Washington and, uh, like Washington DC and New York. And like, so there's, it's like a melting pot of, uh, different groups of people. You cannot possibly, for the most part, I think, be right. a racist NFL player when you've gotten to know these people. I mean, and, Richie Incognito pulled it off, but otherwise it's pretty <laughs> tough. Other than him. But like, for the most part, like, again, you're 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 intermingling with like human beings. Yes. Not a black player, not a white player, not a Hawaiian player. Like, you're just intermingling with dudes like they're just they're just guys like in the locker room and so it's almost impossible to be racist so the fact that they're now allowed to speak out and say these things i think speaks volumes so let's embrace that and go with it so just to add to this a little bit there's been you know these are all the white saviors are coming in and, and problem with that but this is a white problem uh it's not on black people to solve um this is white people need to need to fix themselves and Yes, it's been incredible to have all these black voices amplified. There's a lot of white people that are hearing these black voices for the first time, but there's a whole group of, of white people that will still not listen and are not hearing these black people. Agreed. You know, whether they're so tuned into to their media that caters to them and they don't ha- know any black people and it's not reaching them or they're willfully trying to ignore that. To have it's more of the latter, the, the white man's white man of J.J. Watt, right? To come out and and somebody tweets at him and says, "I know one person that's not going to be kneeling this year, and it's J.J. Watt." And with all the American flags, and for him to tweet back at them and go, "A number one or A don't speak for me," B if you still think it's about disrespecting the flag and the country and the troops, you haven't been paying any attention. Maybe that gets some people's attention. Um, and so it, it, it's a white people's problem, man. And, you know, so there's some of these white leaders that need to speak to white people. And I hope that's what's happening. Yeah. And it's it, so this makes it that catch 22. Yeah. Right? Right. Which is like um, white people don't need to be the white knights. But this is a this is a white people problem. Yeah. And so how do you balance that? And I think if you want to look to people who are um, the most looked up to athletes will be the first place to go. Yeah. And I think when you have JJ Watts and Baker Mayfields and there's going to be others speaking out saying, hell yeah, I'm kneeling. And, and, and then in JJ Watts case, you don't get it is going to do a lot. And I, and I hope so. But like you said, there's also going to be people that are completely tone deaf and don't give a shit. And you got to just maybe wait for those people to die, which is okay too. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, 
or just ignore them yeah just fucking yeah you yeah. can spew your like, stupid shit and we don't give a shit you can be the guy drunk at the corner of the bar ranting cool. to yourself cool man you can be all by yourself yeah. i yeah. hope anyway all sorry, right so let's that, talk that, about that, went a li- that went a little sideways let's but. talk about people who are going to be all by themselves um racist nascar fans so yeah. um nascar <laughs> this week i mean our news is all kind of similar i mean the world is is a certain way right now and it's important to be talking about it. So NASCAR this week announced that officially they are going to stop being outwardly racist, and they're just going to focus on being racist, secretly racist, secretly or less uh, less outward. Yeah, um, less outward. They they are going to um, ban the Confederate flag uh, for NASCAR. Now, one NASCAR truck driver, not even a NASCAR car driver, with zero wins to his name, um, from the famous Southern family with an Italian name. Um, is gonna retire from NASCAR. Okay. Because after giving... this year, though, he's gonna do the whole season. Bye, Felicia. But after the end of next year, <laughs> I will be retiring. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody I, fucking. Cares. I care. I love it. I. No. W- I wish more people retired. <laughs> Fuck these losers. The. This is the best thing I've seen in a while. The Confederacy existed for five, five years. years yeah this wasn't some yeah. fucking long-standing southern pride my grandfather's grandfather and his dad and his dad all fought in the confederacy dude the confederacy was some short-lived fucking loser ass crew that got their ass beat by real american soldiers from the fucking north and it lasted for a short time they got their asses Beat. They're losers. The flag stands for being losers. Everyone who associates with it is a fucking loser. End of story. Can we end? Great. Can we end the pod there? I, I mean, that's... our mics are not like we're not holding them, but you could still try to drop it, <laughs> dude. Dude, it's I. Every time I see someone with a Confederate flag, I instantly have to stop from laughing at such a fucking loser piece of shit. <laughs> like it's it's so uncool. It makes you way less cool. People have fucking belt buckles with it. Like, get the fuck out of here. They have the stickers on their truck. They're like, Southern Pride. I'm like, damn, that'd be like being a fucking Lions fan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what? You're no, just... but not even a Lions fan. It'd be like the XFL tight, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the Renegades. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got yeah. a Renegades belt buckle. What a Who? loser group uh, that is. It is not pride. It's just racism. Yeah. So I'm not going to celebrate NASCAR. I know people are like, oh, it's so great. NASCAR is getting rid of the Confederate flag. It's like, dude, it's 2020. They lost the Civil War like close to 150 years ago. Like they should have never had the Confederate flag. Yeah, it's embarrassing. And so NASCAR is something they would have to, they would have to let me drive a car, and they would have to donate all of the drivers' winnings for a long time. You mean your life insurance for crashing? Yeah, like whatever yeah. your donation. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to donate it to all kinds of good causes for me to ever think NASCAR is anything but crap. So if they I wanted you to crash, they'd just throw a deer in the middle of the road. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine, I can't, I can't imagine that NASCAR, um, is something that no, our listeners. I, I, I made a joke and Eric's absolutely right. They do not get a pass. However, if we're going to look at this in the progress light. So if, if, you know, what Jimbo was saying, this is a white people problem. Could there be a more white audience than NASCAR? I don't think so. Yeah. In any sport. Right. I, I don't think it could Hockey's be more white. Hockey's close. Hockey's close, but they're also not racist. Like, most, not, a lot of no. them are from Canada and, like, 
No, hockey is just like, we're not racist. We also just don't include black people, and well, Kid Rock does our halftime show. I also think that, uh, like, um, I don't think it's black guys just don't want to play hockey. Like, I, they're I, not feeling welcome. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't. I don't know if in Canada or like I, I would think in Minnesota, if you're good enough to play hockey, like you're gonna play. I just don't know if that's like something that they uh, aspire to do. But I don't know. However, I, I do feel however, bad for the on. players who are like on this like new coalition in the NHL. Yeah, that kind of sucks. And there's like eight guys in the league that are black, and like they have to be like the people who have to like speak out. And it's just yeah. like it just seems unfair to those guys that that's the kind of weight that they have to carry. Yeah, for, for but no there's reason. also like tons of European players that don't necessarily or they're not really embroiled in this. And in anyway, yeah. However, if NASCAR is going to take small steps to get rid of this stuff and then allow Bubba Wallace to drive a Black Lives Matter car. I don't see the harm in that. Yeah. Like no, even, I think it's, even though, it even though it's, it's like 40 years too late and all of that stuff. Like I, I like we said, you have to, you got to walk before you can run when people change for sure. But you could even support it a little bit. Like you can for give sure. them some credit so, for finally doing something. And what they're doing is, I mean, with the Black Lives deal. Matter car is pretty, is pretty it's bold. A, it's a it's big actually deal. pretty bold. It's a big deal. So even if you think it's late, even if you think they're doing it just because of public pressure, it doesn't matter. Like right. progress is progress, even however small it needs to be. So anyway, I agree. That was all great points. I was just getting fired up because the no, Confederacy I, I, is listen, just full of fucking losers. I agree. <laughs> People they, are like, dude, I love Leonard Skinner. I'm like, Leonard Skinner sucks. Leonard Don't, Skinner's okay. They couldn't no. even find a fucking plane. Yeah. <laughs> 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 thank you too thank soon you. thank you all right guys uh let's move on to something that's not so uh heated i guess it's heated uh with the team but it's not with uh race um dalvin cook is yeah. holding out he's holding out um for some reason though it feels a little bit different than it has um for other players uh, in the nfl because we have watched what happens when star running backs hold out and then they get, get a passed up. Deal. No, they get passed up by their backup. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so yep. like Melvin Gordon last year. Le'Veon Bell. Yep, Le'Veon Bell didn't really work out for him. Melvin Gordon, it didn't really work out for him. The only one it's really worked out for was Zeke, who got that five-year, $90 million deal that the Cowboys for sure already regret. Right. Um, Same with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is gone from his team. Yep. They ate a bunch of dead money to get rid of him. David Johnson. David Johnson was traded. Um, Freeman was cut, and he's still a free agent. It is not a good idea to give long-term, big-time money. And so I think that it's not great when your star running back, who is second in the league in yards from scrimmage, um, is going to hold out. But I do think that Dalvin Cook and his agent and the Vikings know that his uh, position to negotiate from is not next to nothing. It's not uh, a great spot. And yeah. so I just, I think that, that um, my worries about it are very minimal uh, at this point. Um, I do think that even if we started the year with Alexander Madison as our lead back, uh, I think we are just fine. He's obviously not as good as Cook, but Cook sitting out the first few weeks and being really fresh down the stretch doesn't sound that terrible to me. Um, and I do think that the the future of running backs that are star players like Delvin Cook uh, is big money, short-term deals. 
Agreed. And I don't... I Madison showed me enough last season to say he could carry 95% of Dalvin Cook's load. Maybe lacking a little bit of the explosiveness that, that Dalvin has. Like when his knees and joints explode or like off the... I think that Delvin... Nah, but when he got the ball in his hands, he was like... hurt all the fucking He was time, dynamic, so. though. Delvin I know, is, I know. Delvin I know. Is, a, is a stud. He's a stud. Second in the league behind only... Mc, uh, no, not McFadden. What's his name? Um, Run McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, McCaffrey uh, was the only guy who had more yards um, as a running back than him. He leads the NFL in goal line carries for a running back. So he's great in fantasy football. He's great in pro football. He is a true game-breaking star. Um, I think Madison is 70% of him, and that's okay. 70% of him. And that's is, what he was last season. Yeah, and he's, Who he's, knows and what he he's, was a rookie last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, he'll never be the explosive freak player that Cook is or even the, the force in the passing game, um, but that's okay because you don't need that. Uh, Cook deserves to get paid more than he's getting paid right now. Right. We can all acknowledge that. He, he he knows he's a star, and usually people try to reset the market. Um, McCaffrey got $16 million a year. Cook supposedly is asking for $13 million a year. I think that the happy middle That's ground... way too much. I think the middle ground is close to Cook's number in a short-term deal. I think it's, it's something like $12 million a year for three years and can we do that but can we i was gonna that? say that, that that's my next question i know the cap's going up but are the vikings in any position to be able to afford that type of number yeah they're they're fine and they have the best cap guy in the league um cousins remember just signed an extension 30, yeah. and that extension gave them right? some money they didn't they they have money um that they could re-sign someone they could have re-signed everson griffin if they so wanted to but they don't they they're saving the space to give cook money okay and it's gonna just have to be a compromise he just asked for a reasonable deal which i get it what he was making wasn't reasonable but that's how sports is so when, and that's a contract you sign but but he's he can't he's, be unreasonable and expect top three running back and money. not only that he was hurt for a good chunk of his rookie season yes he was hurt for a good chunk of his second season he even missed, and then he was three or four games fairly, last year. Fairly healthy he, for he his. He played most of the year, but he had the banged up shoulders at the end of the year. Correct. If you remember, so yep. he played, I think, in every game last year, and he was really good. But at the end of the year, he was banged up, wore down. And so, so I think that that if Cook, they did two years, ten million, I'm gonna guess would they that go with that? I th- for some reason, I'm not saying this is what it will be, but in my head, the contract that is gonna feel. The Vikings are going to feel like they gave up a little too much, and Cook is going to feel like he didn't get enough. Is three years, thirty-five million, with less guaranteed money in year three, where year three is kind of like a if it's not going well, we can part ways kind of year for the Vikings. Three years, thirty-five million. It's like twelve million a year, almost. And Cook is one of the high-paid running backs in the league, like he deserves, because you would imagine Cook is going to be really good for the next two years. Yep. Um, he should be entering his prime, and he has been one of the best running backs in the league. Um, but long-term running back deals are a fucking disaster, and then the Vikings know that, and Cook knows that too. And all the teams that have good running backs have them, and they're not going to be willing to pay Dalvin Cook. True, thirteen million. Yeah, you, a you year. saw Melvin yeah, Gordon right. sit out for half a year. In that time, Austin Eckler <laughs> was <laughs> a superstar, yeah. right? And Gordon came back; he was fine. Eckler got a massive deal. I think it was like three years, thirty-two million, and Gordon got 
two years, sixteen million. Mm. So <sighs> they're just running back is just not the position right now. Do you now. think that you could see like the Viking staff just being like, no, fuck this guy, fuck no, him, play no, your contract? No, I think they, I they think deal. they love. I think they think he is critical to okay. what they do. I really do. All right, I, I hope think, so. I want I that think, to be true. I think the Vikings believe that Cook is a Super Bowl caliber piece. Yes, I think yeah. they believe he is as good as it gets at running back. I think that they think he is critical to what we do, to Cousins' success, to the passing game success, to the team's success. I think they love him. I think $12.5 million a year for a top-tier running back is a really good bargain. As long as it's not for five years. Agreed. So I for think, three seasons, I, I think, think that's a great bargain. I think if they can go three years, thirty-five million, it's what I'm imagining in my head. So if, what would you put the guaranteed money at? Like twenty? I think that what I would do is I would really, f- almost like pretty much fully guarantee those first two years, and sure. just say going into year three, we're gonna have to make a decision. So Cook gets his twenty-five, twenty-six million dollars guaranteed. And there's and, a lot of incentives in season three. Yep. And it's like if things three. are going really well, you keep paying him or you renegotiate in year three. But he's he's a big piece and the Vikings know that. And yeah. he knows that they know that. And that's the but, tail end of Kirk Cousins' contract too. Yep. And so then then you're looking at put pushing the reset button anyway. Yep. Regardless. I think so. that that I would pay him as a very top running back for the next two years. And not have to go to five years like Zeke did. Five years, ninety million is a nightmare. It's a disaster. <laughs> it's a nightmare. They can't do that. So I think that, I think that what you do with running backs from now on is their years aren't very guaranteed, but the the money per year in the short term is, is very yeah. high. And so you just pay him like a tip top running back like he is. So the Vikings, you know, they have a couple choices here. They've they've made some choices to to free up some some cap space in the short term. Um, the one thing I would say is that if Cook resigns, which I believe he will at some point, he will. Kyle Rudolph will be gone. And Rudolph has put his his mansion up for sale. It sounds like interesting. So I think that that Cook Cook and Rudolph are t- connected. One of them will be playing even the after the Kyle Rudolph restructure. Still, that was after last year. He was still very highly paid. I think that they just know Irv Smith needs He's to play a unbelievable. lot. I think yeah. they know Irv Smith needs to play a lot. I think Kyle, Kyle Rudolph knows that too. So my guess is that they're going to create the space. They have a little bit of space right now. I think they're going to open up the rest of that Delvin Cook space by getting rid of Kyle Rudolph. Okay, fair enough. And they're going to roll it back. Irv Smith's going to play well, a bigger If I role. had my druthers and my choice was keep Kyle Rudolph or re-sign Dalvin Cook, I think that answer's abundantly clear. It's Dalvin Cook. I think they And that's no disrespect to Kyle Rudolph. Love Rudolph. He was really good last year too. So I think that's where it's gonna be at. Um it'll be interesting to see um what happens with currently after what we know and what we've watched, what happens with re signing the best running backs in the league. Where where we know their careers are short, we know big money is dangerous. Can you pay them big money in the short term? where you don't have to commit forever. Yeah, like the the years of the the Frank Gores, the Sean Alexanders, the Ladanian Tomlinsons, the, uh, oh God, who is it? Curtis Martins, Emmett Smith, like all Jerome that, Bettis. all that's long gone. Long I think, I think, it's, I think yeah. it's just the, the best running backs in the league, the Hall of Fame guys are going to sign multiple short deals throughout well, their career. How, how, my question will be in 20 years from now, how many Hall of Fame running backs 
are even going to be eligible for Cooperstown because of their short shelf lives. Where you can Cooperstown's baseball, but yes. Sorry, sorry. Um, uh, Canton, Canton, Ohio. Sorry, I apologize. But like when these guys, like you said, Austin Eckler ended up being better than Melvin Gordon, yeah, <clears throat> who was a first round pick and dominated and got a bigger contract. And Melvin Gordon looked like he was on track to be a Hall of Fame running back, but they're not going to play more than like five, six years, yeah. maybe. So it'll be interesting to see what the uh, the Hall of Fame voting looks like. It's going to be very quarterback heavy. I, I do imagine. think like, you know, running back benefits from the system, and that's why Eric could for sure average three to four yards for the Cowboys with the, with the right <laughs> offensive line. And I think that we've now established that as fact. That's canon. Four <laughs> yards is, is really stretching it. <laughs> I think like two to three yards for <laughs> one for up. one game. And you die no, the first snap. You might get two to three yards for one carry. Before you're crushed to death. I would have really big pads on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they look big on you. I know you, your helmet. Your helmet's the same size Coach, as everybody else's. Coach, you make else's. the pads any smaller? I can't quite see anything in here. You just have to work done it. You just have to be like, I'm going to go down before I get hit every time. But then you're not going to average three to four yards of carry. Only if you have the best O line in the game. If you have the if buddy, the, you're only like a yard long. If if I had the I don't if think I had, you're gonna be able to if I had the Vikings forward the for Vikings four have yards. an off, an average offensive line. If I had the Vikings O line, I would average 0. 0.6 yards per carry. That's yeah. generous. <laughs> that would be three downs and less than two yards. Okay, sure. <laughs> if they ran it three times in a row to me, we would be at fourth and eight. No, <laughs> no way, Eric. First of all, well, okay, okay. You would have, you would fumble the first handoff. If I played six, if I played sixteen games and I got to practice with them, like their coach was no. like, I have to. You'd be coach him up. If I got to play sixteen games and and injuries, You're using all your lacrosse skills and, and here, and you couldn't and you couldn't say anything about injuries. Okay, you had to assume I played like NFL minutes. What would be my longest carry of the year? Negative two. (laughs) (laughs) I think he only got tackled for a two-yard loss. Yes, he's getting better. I think the long carry of the year, if I carried the ball three hundred times and I couldn't get injured, would be (laughs) you'd break one off, baby. Five yards. No, you'd break off a touchdown. No, it would be like. But that's with so many assumptions. You just threw. Assume I don't have this body that I have right now, and (laughs) assume. That I've played football all my life, and I was a number eight, you know, fifteen pick. No, you would not do well. But Eric, yes, I if you, if you, you somehow had right, three hundred right, carries, all right, all right, all right, hold on. I'm gonna do something. <laughs> I'm gonna toot my own horn again. Here we go, baby. Ready? When I was all state honorable mention running back in high school, I don't think in my prime. I would have had a long carry of five yards. Oh, for sure. It was third and 23, and they would be like, we're going to punt it. We're going to run a draw play to you. You'd run for 16. No. And then you'd just... I don't think you understand. I don't know if I can run 16 yards. I don't think you understand how much bigger and faster... Eric, I stood next to Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis, known murderer... <laughs> outside of nice the Cardinal work escaping sta- that dangerous situation outside of the Cardinal Stadium, and they are on a different planet as like the species of a human being. Like you're not understanding the capabilities that they have, and even 
us mere mortals think like, oh, it's the best best line in the uh, NFL. I could average two yards a carry. I don't think you understand how much it takes for them to average four yards a carry. No, no. My point was just that, like, on the play, <laughs> on the play that the best O-lines guy runs for a 78-yard untouched touchdown, I run for five. No, you don't. No. <laughs> You're assuming that you hit the hardest the, couple no, yards. The, I get through the wide open hole, and then instead of making the cut on the linebacker that springs it for the touchdown, yeah, Eric, I just timing. hit the dirt. It's timing, <laughs> and you, you are assuming that you're getting to that hole in that millisecond that it's open. Yeah. And it's a millisecond. It's to be open. fair, though, that must hole probably watched, would be wide open because they couldn't. You've never the watched opposing team could never imagine they would hand off to Eric. Burgess. True, and you've and you've never watched '90s Cowboys games where Emmett Smith is literally running through like a ten foot wide hole for just a absurd amount of time. He's slow as shit. He's literally uh, so your speed. The, you're you're comparing yourself the, to the all time NFL leading rusher. Oh, if who I would have played for fifteen seasons. <laughs> And that you and could he's hit, slow as shit. And you could hit the same holes as he could. If, if 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 I played for the same amount of time as Emmett Smith and I couldn't get injured and I played on the same teams, one, we would win zero Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two, we would finish last place in the division yep. every single year right. by a lot of games. We would probably lose ninety six. Three you of average our- six yards a carry. No, yeah, no. We get it. Eric would average three three carries per game and they would just throw to Alvin Harper and Michael Irvin. All I'm saying is that there are just a couple linemen in the league that you could get the ball right now and you could get three yards. And if, if you could go down before the giant 330 pound man crushed your body like a fucking tin can, you could play for they still land on you. You know that, Eric, right? If they, if they, if you, you can lay down and they land on you anyways, that's so the game. Hard in too. order yes. for them, maybe to call, harder. In order for them to call a running play to you, they would have to come out with a heavy, <laughs> heavy line, yeah. which would mean an extra tackle, an ineligible tight end to yes. try and block all of the guys. Which means that the linebackers would be alerted to the fact that you're getting the goddamn ball. You don't they'd, think they'd be like play action? You don't think <laughs> you don't think they would be licking their chops uh, to hit you in the be, backfield? It would be like pros versus Joes, where the Joe gets hurt. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> where the Joe gets hurt. Badly. The fact that you keep throwing out the stipulation of like if assuming I, I get can't injured, get injured, he won't let it go. That's why we're still talking about it years later. He won't let it go. So if, it, it's not going to die. If I Jesus couldn't Christ, get in, we spent twenty minutes on this. If Can I we, couldn't get injured, I could run for. On the Vikings' current line, I could run for 0.8 yards per carry. Okay. I know. We just need to... <laughs> well, let's just say no, and you're the producer. No. Say, no, we're moving on. Eric is the QAnon guy about this, if you and saw, he's wrong, but he refuses <laughs> to admit it. If, if you saw a player in the NFL that ran for 0.8 yards per carry, your thought would be... He's a third-string running back. Holy shit, this guy doesn't deserve to be in the NFL, is what you would think, because the third-string running back runs for like 3.3 yards per carry. You'd be like, oh my God, he just gets <laughs> every play, he gets tackled directly at the line of scrimmage, even if they block it perfectly. And sometimes he gets hurt in the backfield. Right. And so now multiply that, <laughs> multiply that by your lack of speed and athletic ability, and you'd be at like minus two. Yeah. So I said 3.3 minus a lot is 0.6 yards per carry. No, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> all right, guys. I think that's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Tell it's, us how many yards per game you think Eric could rush for if he could never get injured. If in I couldn't get injured, what would my stats be? I think if I had 300 carries, I could run for 
407 no yards. No way. And one touchdown. <laughs> you get the Leroy Horde on the half 407 yard line. 407 yards. That's 1.7 yards per carry. No, that's not even that. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I would be awful, guys. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Go back. Listen to our first episode this week. It was great. It's way better than our sports cast. <laughs> hey, hey, anyone, anyone who's holding the sports cast against us is uh, is uh, not being fair because there are no sports. So, yeah. Um, Premier League's back this week. NBA is right around the corner. Hopefully, Major League Baseball get their heads out of their ass. Until next week, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies podcast.